Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Just Say It. Woo-woo! And I don't know about y'all, but it's been a party up in here already. And you are with a fellow Texan. And y'all know I'm living out here in Atlanta. But I could talk about Texas the rest of my life because it's God's country. Somebody just got mad at me. Somebody just got mad at me. I felt it in the spirit, but that's okay. I'm going to cover you with blessings. Anyways, don't throw stones, but you got two Texans out here. I'm with with Tony Cole. (laughs) We all feel it about Texas. Texas is over there proud of us. Anyway. Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-wing two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is just Shayan. Uh, I'm here today with Tony Collier. She's the founder of Broken Crayons. And honestly, y'all, I ran into her probably years ago, not knowing this is who she was. Yeah, it's crazy. This I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you while we're recording. Y'all wish y'all could see her face right now. Yeah. But you can't. Um, but anyways, I ran into her like years ago through like Broken Crayons and like hearing this. I don't know, I guess. Yeah, just hearing it. And it was like in a place where I was struggling on my own journey um right like just because we out here doing it y'all doing it we still got weaknesses that's a whole nother sidebar anyways um I was really struggling with self-hatred and just God honestly was literally ripping this thing out of me Mm. and I was so thankful for a lot of your content and just it was just so good it was so timely it's so fun how even through social media, God will throw people. You're like, wait, like I need to hear that. Mm. And so, yeah, she's also living at ATL. Hey. Ooh-ooh. And her husband's the pastor of Hillsong Atlanta, and she is supporting him fiercely, I'm sure. Yeah. And they getting it out here. They getting it out here in ATL. But I can't yeah. claim to be a Georgia peach yet. I just can't. I'm not ever claiming that. I am a got- Texan. Girl, let me just I'm tell you, because these people ain't going to care, but you will. I don't know. Um, they may care. We don't know. But my driver's license for the longest remained Texan. Oh, they got me. They no, no, no. They they found me and they got me quick. They hunted you down. Okay. Well, it took an accident for me to have to go. Oh, I guess I'm gonna switch now. Literally, I had lived here four and a half years and never switched it. It's so bad. If you're a police officer, do not turn me in because it's Georgia now. I'm, I'm on the narrow road. I am on the straight path. Okay. Hey, anyways. But yes. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on. Of course, I, I, I t- we were like, I, we can both chomp it up. So I told her, you know, jump in on me anytime. But mm. basically, I just want to get on here and chat about what it looks like to follow Jesus. What's something fresh he's putting in your heart? Um, mm. I will go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, go anywhere. We're going to go anywhere. Um, but yeah, just, I, I think, I mean, obviously broken crayons is like this huge message in your heart and obviously mm. it impacted me. And so just mm. like, like we all have a broken story. Like it doesn't matter what it looks like. Right. Like, yeah, we all feel like the crayon that doesn't color anymore. Um, but you know, you mm. crack that thing in half and y'all, you know, <laughs> you still works. Now you got two and you can share. Um, I know that was bad. Help me. Holy ghost. Anyway. But, um, yeah, I would love to just start there and just see where yeah. we spin off. Yeah, man. I, you know, 
it's it's so cliche now. It's so interesting because I feel like everyone's talking about, you know, faith and feelings and our stories of of childhood wounds and manifesting into adult scars that we can use to to point to Jesus. And as cliche as it is, it is the gospel. It is what we exist on this earth for as imperfect human beings. It is to share our stories of brokenness and point to Jesus. Like that is it. And that is what our women's ministry is. It's broken crayons, still color. It's this idea that we be coloring when we little and hey. we break that freaking crayon and our finger does that weird thing. Girl, and then I know we exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and we just pick the biggest piece up and just keep on coloring. Okay. Like, and when we're kids, you know, it's easy to do that. You know, like I, I remember teaching my daughter, like, it's okay. No, just use that. The big piece. You're fine. We're at IHOP. We're at Denny's. We got that little faux pack. She didn't broke all four of them. And, you know, I'm just like, oh no, it's okay, babe. It still works. And we teach that as kids, but I feel like somewhere along the way, when we become adults, we, we forget that we can still color. You know, we, we don't make, you know, lemonade out of lemons anymore. And we feel the pressures of, society telling us that no 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 in order to be used by god in order to be used to do anything you got to be perfect and and we have created this this ideology and quite honestly this lie that it is perfection that leads to success when really it's just surrender come on and that's what we're trying to tell women that's what we're doing through broken crayons we're like hey we're a team of broken women. I have a beautiful team of seven women that that really just runs this thing with me. We're all in the trenches together. And we're creating resources that just talk about this idea of brokenness and finding hope in it, brokenness and finding hope in it, like over and over and over again, we're sharing our stories, we're being absolutely vulnerable and transparent, and we're doing it in healthy ways, and we're pointing people to Jesus and wholeness. And, and that's it. And that's, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, like, I just want to talk about my craziness with other crazy people and just remind people that even in the midst of that brokenness, God's gazing at your beauty and so willing to use you in really ways that you can never think or imagine. Like, that's just it. So. I love it. I love it. Cause like the, yeah, like the way that you were like, this is the gospel. Like, I mean, I've even think of Paul, Paul's like, like oh. boast in your weakness. Like, yep. And it's like, we have this, I don't, I'm going to say it, but what seemingly looks like, I'm a, gonna say it. I will say it, uh, what we have present the church, the, the church's people, whatever you want to refer to them, the Lord's people, little C church, the, Hey, little C church, they <laughs> present themselves. And we've been essentially kind of programmed ish to say, here's my best version. Here's but it's like, God can't land on that. God lands on the broken yeah. and the contract spirit. He lands on the weak Come on. Come on. so that he can show up strong. But we've well, been so like, whether it's Instagram or whatever. All weird and weird. We've been weird is what we've been. Can <laughs> we just, up. let's just put it out there. Let, let's talk about the weirdness real quick. And then let's talk about what scripture <laughs> says about it. Let's just go. We're we just going to go. We're going to go. Let's go. Okay? Let's go. We have been weird. Okay. All right. <laughs> And, and, and this is one of the, I mean, we've been weird in many ways. We've thrown fire torches and snakes and all kinds of crazy stuff. Okay. But one of the ways, especially that we've been weird is that we have literally convinced people that the church should be for saints and we have to protect and isolate ourselves from the people out there. 
Okay, that's what we did first. Then the cool kids came along and said, no, 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 come as you are. But it was still masked in wanting to be saints. Come on, let's just be honest here. We said, come as you are, but we didn't actually mean it. And we just traded our three-piece suits for skinny jeans and fancy shoes, which ain't nothing wrong with skinny jeans and fancy shoes. Now, we don't wear skinny jeans no more because we in these ugly little mom jeans, okay? Mama jeans. Mama jeans in my middle part. But we traded it, but we still masked it. We did. Because what happened is instead of telling people we had to be perfect, we pretended that we were perfect. Yeah. Before it was like, oh no, you can't come in here. It's a church for the saints. Like you gotta be perfect. You gotta do this. We were so vocal, but then we got subliminal with it. We kind of hid behind it. And we just acted like we were perfect from pulpits. And then from that freaking place, now deconstruction is happening and people are pissed off as they should be. Because what has happened is we have taken four walls, we have placed barriers where we should be building bridges to the gospel we pretended to be perfect. And let me just remind us of something. I said this, we're going to talk about being weird. And then we're going to talk about what scripture says about it. Here's what scripture says about it. Second Corinthians. All right. You got Paul Christian bully. Okay. That sucker is crazy as heck. All right. Crazy. He crazy. He condemning Christians. He ripping families apart. He's like, you believe in Jesus. You're going to jail. I mean, crazy. Okay. This sucker has a moment with the Lord. God's like, bro, what are you doing? Like you tripping a little bit. Okay. You need, I actually want to use your little crazy behind, but you crazy. So change has this moment with God. He plants these churches. He plants the church in Corinth. They're doing okay. All right. So there's like, okay, we love each other. Things are going well. Oh my God. Okay. And then these suckers get prideful. Okay. Mask themselves in perfection. Mm -hmm. They start condemning each other. Paul writes them this letter. In the second letter, here's what Paul says about being freaking weird. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If I'm not mistaken, it starts in verse eight. And he talks about really sarcastically, which is kind of the fun part of the scripture. He's literally like, if anybody should be boasting, it should be me. And he goes on and on and on about everything he's done. I've starved for days. I have been thrown into jail. I've been beaten, taken back to jail. There are nights where I I didn't know where I was going to sleep. I should be boasting about all that I'm doing for the kingdom of God. I should be. Those are the things I should be boasting about. But instead, Mm -hmm. Satan has a thorn in my side that is still there, that stays with me, that sticks with me. And I would rather boast about that because when I boast about my weaknesses, Christ's power can rest on me. It's when I recognize the grace and mercy of God. And that, in my personal opinion, is where the church needs to go. We need, half of our sermons should be about how jacked up we are. Girl, you got me. I want to scream in tongues over here. Hey, <laughs> that is what I'm like. How can I formulate a caption and a message that shows people how freaking nuts I am? Because mm-hmm. it is in those spaces, not in perfection, but in the surrender of our stories that God is made bigger and known and more important than we are because he's more important than we are. And that's what I'm looking forward to in the church. So hey, praise Let's go do more of that, <laughs> girls and boys. I love it. I've been, there's been this thing like burning in me like for a few weeks. And like, it's all uh, kind of the opposite of c- cancel culture, if you would. But it's essentially confession culture. 
it's it's this idea that and obviously yeah with safe people like obviously like yes but what i'm saying is like i come and i'm like hey here's my confession like I still need him because that. dot, dot, dot. Come on. That's so and good. whether that's I'm a behind a pulpit and I'm like, hey, I still need him. Like, just because I'm back here don't mean diddly squat. If diddly nothing else, it means I've been more. You know, like it doesn't. If this, if this qualifies me to you, then this is stupid. Like, so this is though. stupid. It's so vain. It's so oh. vain. It's so vain. Like, and like just this idea, like, of just like no like we need to live in confession mm. culture like That's hey good. i'm oh jacked God. i'm jacked <laughs> i am jacked up and he's fixing me every day he's healing me yeah. every day so that That's i can go good. out and therefore heal people and become a confession for people they could come and mm. confess and say hey i saw that you did that and that like i need to know that god i need to know oh. that jesus not a man-made idol that we've so just kind of slapped our thing on and said, let's yeah. go worship him. Like yeah. somebody that gets down in my ugly, gets down in the dirt. Oh, like he so created, good. he created Adam out of dirt. He is not scared yeah. of mess. He's not Listen, scared my, of mess. He's not scared of mess. My mentor, Kiri Scott Garcia, she says, hope rises from the dirt. That is where it freaking comes from. And I just want to affirm this confessional thing. Like you are, I just want to affirm it in the natural, but also in the spirit and say that you are very onto something. I'm a part of um, a, a private group, a private group of women, and it is all around this idea of confessing. And it, it's, you know, confessing, it sounds crazy, right? Because I grew up Catholic. All right. So when I, when I even hear the word, it triggers me. I'm like, PTSD, PTSD. <laughs> I'm confessing to a priest. What's happening? You know, not to a God. And and, but, but when you start to think about the root of confessing it, it's just telling your story in safety. Like that's the oh, actual, yeah. like yep. breakdown of confessing. It's just telling your story with a whole bunch of honesty and truth in safe environments and, and what you perceive to be safe environments. And here's also what happens when you confess in safe environments and you get, and you find safe community to actually confess with you. And we're just confessing all of our stuff. Number one, obviously it makes us more human, right? Which we need to be more human. We just need to be more human. We need to be like Jesus, but also recognize that we're human at the same time. And, but also what it does is it starts to reveal the broken parts of me that Jesus is working in. And this is going to sound really crazy, but when I start to witness and, or bear witness and listen to the broken parts of other people that Jesus is working in, he becomes like more real Absolutely. and he becomes more capable. I mean, there have been a few times, we're just going to be on, it's just going to sound hey. crazy. There have been a few times, there have been a few stories I heard and I'm like, look, if the Lord can work through that, and I'm sure people look at my story and they're like, oh, sis was twerking, fl uh, flirting, drinking, popping, doing all the things, pop locking and dropping and everything. And if the Lord can use her little crazy behind, he can use me too. But I, but, but that's what happens when someone's like, I was molested at three years old. I was on drugs. I, you know, we're tearing families apart. It, it's the Paul, it's Paul's story. It's that we get to see that this sucker was convicting and condemning Christians sentencing them to jail and being beaten and then god still used him like that's what attracts us 
to God is, is not only his works, but his presence in other people. And we've got, so I just want to, you're on to something. Yeah. I love that idea. Love. Yeah. And it's just this, like, it's the whole thing, like the church, I was, I was like, you know, you know, I'd be spitting at the house with my roommates. I'm like, and this, and this, and this. And I said, when's the last time you went to a church and actually talked about sin? And I'm not saying glorify the sin. I am not saying that. But what I am saying is to actually have a moment where you're like, let me do a heart check here. Is yep. there some idols in here? Are, is there oh. adultery? Surprise y'all. Right. And I'm just like, but I also see the other side of the stick. I think the church has missed it because we haven't gone there yep. so much in a long time. I mean, obviously there was a whole turn to burn and you're like, okay, I'm not referring to turn to burn. <laughs> okay. Dan. I know. That, that, <laughs> did, that was a sharp uh, turn. Also well, weird. My, also weird. Is, well, weird. We're back to the weird things. But here's here's I love that she, I love that point. Our resources director Jenna, Jenna Carver, she says we need to learn that hurt and hope can coexist. Yes. And I think we just we aren't good in the messy middle. It's like all in or nothing. And hey, we don't talk about Texas. It's like go big or go home. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like. I, I am a type of person where I'm all in or nothing. I'm either about to fight somebody for you or I'm like, you're dead to me. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just my personality. And so I've had to learn how to like right. accept the complex view of the world and be in the gray and all the things. But I think a part of standing in the trenches is accepting that there's a valley and there's a mountain. And sometimes yeah. we're in valleys and sometimes we're in mountains and accepting that God didn't promise us a life of perfection. He promised that he would be with us in the imperfection. Absolutely. And so I love this idea about acknowledging sin for so many reasons. I, I think the, the idea, I, I think people, well, first of all, the church has made people think that the sin is not separate from the sinner. And, and it is, that is this whole idea of being renewed daily, of our spirits being renewed, of, of God being able to do a new thing and pick us up and turn us around and place our feet on solid ground. It's, it's because sin doesn't have to have a hold on us because the yes. victory has already been won. And, and we get to claim that when we say yes to Jesus, and then we get to live that out through a life of yes. sanctification. Um, but we can talk about sin without it attacking our identity because yes. family and friends, that's called shame. And that is a scheme of the enemy. And if there was a scheme of the enemy, it would be shame because shame is different from guilt, right? Like I'm guilty. Sheila Walsh, Walsh says this, I, I'm guilty. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to do bad things. I'm probably going to get in a high speed chase. I'm a little crazy on the road. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to get a little mad and irritated and, and, but guilt says that I've done something bad and shame says I am bad. Yeah. And we can separate the sin from the sinner because of a savior. And, and I think we just got to get to that place where we're comfortable about right. saying like, I suck sometimes. Right. <laughs> and that literally like, that's, I'm like, I think that's like, if we could piece off the shame, confession mm -hmm. culture would be like all the rage. It's like, I want to tell you how human I am. I want to tell you how big God is. I want to tell you how he rescued me. And honestly, how he rescued me today. Like it's still ongoing. And it's like this idea of like, when you, when you talked about like this perfection that we've kind of painted the church little C as like, we got, gotta be honest, it's little C cause it ain't big C. Um, 
And it's this idea of like, if we could peel off the shame, and it all starts, right? Like it's in all of us. So it's from the head down. Like it's it's from like humanity feeling shame. Yep. But it's like this idea, if we could peel off shame, confession culture would thrive because there's no reason. Like you get to confess and I get to sit here and edify the mess out of you and tell you how much God loves you, tell you who you are in him. So yeah. that when that thing circles up again, you're like, actually, I really believe the truth. Oh, really believe that God thinks of me this way. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought, yeah. Anyway. Because, but I just, well, here's the thing. How much more does it mean to, as Brene Brown says, you know, we are imperfect and we're wired for struggle, but we're still worthy of love and belonging. How much yes. more does it mean to be worthy of love and belonging when you can accept that you're imperfect? It's easy to be perfect. It's, it's easy to just show up and pretend like everything's okay. And it's easy to love a person like that. Let's be honest. The oh. perfect child, the perfect wife, the perfect husband. If you just do everything right, it's easy to love. But try messing something up. That's hard to love. But it means much more Absolutely. when you actually are loved and worthy of belonging when you're all messy and stuff. Right. Oh, it just makes it more valuable. It makes it more valuable. And like, it says, Hey, I'm actually invested in you. Even when you're not allegedly hitting the mark, which all the definition of sin is I just didn't hit the mark. They didn't hit it. Surprise. I didn't hit the mark. Surprise, surprise. My humanity straight up turned around from the target and shot the other way. Come on. That's like a hard left. I don't know where I went. Hard, hard, hard left. And so mm-hmm. I just like, I love it because it's like this idea of, and I think to me, like it's that balance of, like worth it's like this idea like because I think we can get extreme in self like we can get real crazy over there but also but God literally sits in this balance of I'm worthy but I also found you worthy enough to put myself in oh my god now he he calls us temple yeah Mm. whether you feel like a great temple or not he calls you temple he calls yeah, yeah. your heart, whether it's messy or you feeling good today about yourself, you are his temple. Mm-hmm. And there's just going to be times where he comes and he says, Hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to, you know, show you this, show you this, show you this. Why? Because I'm worthy yeah. for you to live a holy life. I'm worthy, yeah. but also you're worth more than that. Sis, like you look it off, just, just ever so slightly off the target. I know. And I'm just like. Uh- yeah. Anyway, I'm like, say that. Here. no, I love that. But it's that it's balance. That. It is that balance. And I think I just, it's so hard to stay focused on that. Like I, I, it's so hard, man. We have so much information and voices coming at us. Oh like gosh. I know we've said it a million times. I know it's like, oh my gosh, turn some of the voices off so you can hear vo- the voice of God. But no, truly like, we have to start living lives on the offense, not the defense. It yes. is time. Yeah. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to get intentional. We have to start making sure that we're starting our day with good things. We're, we're, we're like continually filling our cups up because if not, man, the bottom is going to fall out and you're going to be confused because life's going to happen again. God didn't promise us a life of perfection. Yep. He just did not. So we've got to start expecting it's, it's almost like building grit. We call it building Come grit on. and broken crowns. It's like, you got to start building grit. It's not enough to just stand stagnant. No, we have an unseen enemy and he is the second smartest force in the world. Yeah. Okay. The second one. All right. It ain't you or me for sure. Okay. Well, well. God, 
and then a freaking enemy, second smartest force in the world. And he is coming after us, period. And we have to be the agents that picks our own selves up and claws our way to hope and runs towards Jesus. Not a slow jog or walk, okay? Not a not an Olympic power walk in this month, but runs, claws our way to Jesus all the time. We're in a freaking war. Yeah, <laughs> I call this earth the trenches. We're in the trenches and it is grimy and there's an enemy after us and we have to fight. We have to. Yep. And the best way to fight is not guns blazing freaking rage it is surrendered at the feet of jesus who can actually fight the battles of the second smartest force in the world and it's it's scary a little bit but it's also good news Come because on. i mean light, light doesn't serve its purpose if it's not in the darkness yep and it is working it is working on our behalf but we got to run towards it it's true and it's like I was, I guess it was Colossians. I was reading. He's like, and this is the good news, the good news that transforms you and will not stop. It will not delay. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it doesn't stop whether I feel it or not. He's after me. He's hunting me down way faster than I can hunt him down. And girl, I'm with you. Like it's grit. It's perseverance. It's the Lord told me the other day. He's like, Shay, my body's dehydrated. And I was like, what does that even mean? So I looked it up. I was like, I was like, okay, like, let me look up. I mean, obviously we know what it feels like to be hydrated. But it was yeah. like bad breath is a symptom of uh, fatigue. And I was like, the words coming of our mouth right now. It is. I'm like, Jesus, help, help, help. help us. And it is, it's like, Hey, you can't just go to church, read your Bible once a week, sing a little song here and get through the week. Like it's, Oh, like you got, I tell you, got, you. you got to carve it out. Look, Listen, but we didn't been weird. People think that's okay because we right. made it okay. We Absolutely. made it enough. We made church enough and it is Ooh. not. Ooh, Ooh. girl. Hey. That one came, that one dropped right on in. That dropped so right good. on in from I'll the Lord. Book. We made church enough. Oh. Dang. It's not. Mm-hmm. News, if you're listening in, <laughs> I come to tell you. <laughs> I come to tell you, as someone who stands alongside my husband and as he plants a church, that it's not enough. And Monday is coming. Hey, newsflash. Oh, okay. I am overwhelmed. <laughs> I too. I'm like, I, we can stop here for a second. Cause I'm like, a second. it's not enough. It's not only Jesus is enough. And uh-huh. he ain't just at the church. Hey, he's in your prayer closet and your living room and your car after the carpool line. And he is chasing after you. And he just wants you to turn and gaze back at him. Jesus. Lord, have mercy on us. What do we even say? I know. I'm like, I don't even know where to go. I ain't never been speechless on a podcast before. I'm sitting here like, Jesus, I feel you. Y'all got something y'all want to say. I, I, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, like the church is not enough. Um, it's like, that's crumbs. He's like, Hey, find me on Monday. The same way you worship on Sunday. Find me on Monday. Find me on Tuesday. Find oh, me in I the carpool line. Ooh. Find me at the carpool 
line up at the gym when you're sweating your eyebrows off. I am there in the midst. Yes. And the, Waiting and on that, you. Seriously. I, I'm overwhelmed by that. I was like, oh. It is, yeah, me too. That, that's slapped. I'm like, well, with that said, <laughs> should we just go in the ministry time? Wouldn't it be funny if like somebody's listening and it just went zoop, it's over. Like they were just like, oh my they're God. like, I got oh, oh, pause. And then, like the next podcast came on, it was like, what, hello. It's like um, say law, stop and thank you. Thank you, bye. But it's true, y'all. And I think it's it's speechless because mm. what is enough is Jesus, and yes. there, there really is like. We can, we can formulate messages and we can have our captions and, but it's, it's just Jesus. I told, I told this to our launch team the other day, we're, we're coming out with a, a new devotional in September and they're just, you know, we were like, we don't really have like any marketing strategy. Like we don't have a fancy marketing team. Like we're a small ministry. All of us volunteer our time. Like we're just produced. God is quite honestly, just opening doors. And we're just like, okay, yeah. And we hit like, two number one lists like number one new release and the thing ain't even released yet we're like what the frick is going on we don't even know people are like telling us that our book got number we like oh surprise y'all and I was just telling this to these women and I was like no really all we have are our stories in Jesus like for real like that's it and and it's enough yep it is enough we don't need anything else. We sure, I'm sure we could go strategize and partner with big old companies and do social media stuff. I, I'm sure. But our stories in Jesus are enough. Don't yeah. get it twisted. And, and that's a word for somebody that's like, oh, I wish I had this many followers and I wish I had this many. And I'm like, hey, pursue the thing, get the word out, do the strategies, do whatever you need to do. But also understand that the favor and hand of the Lord will be on you, whether you pursue a strategy or not. Yeah. And he will get his message out. Ooh. He will do it. We just get to choose if we're going to hop on the bandwagon with him and be his hands and feet. But he's going to yeah. get his word out because he's the smartest force in the world. The yeah. smartest, the number one smartest force in the world. And he will get his message out. And we have seen it in the Middle East. We have seen it spread in places that in the last 10 years, more people in the middle east have been saved since ever do you understand that more people have come to christ in the middle east than ever like he's gonna get his work done yeah it's just up to like that and he's enough because he's enough yeah and that's it like it's like like he's the uncreated one like he doesn't he's like you trying to help me you trying to help me? He told me this literally like two weeks ago. He's like, Shay, he's like, that you will bear the most fruit mm-hmm. in intimacy with me. You know? And like, yeah, like do the thing, like do it, wow. do what you feel like the Lord's asked you to do, but carve out time, get on your face and say, God, I need to be intimate with you more than anything. Mm-hmm. The best thing that I can do is find myself focused on you. Just not all my up. followers, not all this stuff. Just oh. you, just, just you. you. It's simple. It's Hold just on. You. I got a scripture for that. I need to look it up. All right. Listen, Psalm 27, four. I think I said this earlier about the gaze. One thing, this is the Psalmist David talking. Mm-hmm. He could, I mean, this is a man after the heart of God. Okay. 
like riches, glory, all the things, okay, you can have in the world. This sucker says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. This is all I want. This is it. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Not to be there looking cute, to have all the followers. This is why he says he wants to be in the house of the Lord. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That's it. That's it. That's all David wants. And that is the posture that Jesus wants from us. Yes. Is just seek him and gaze. You ever tried to gaze at somebody? Okay. Now our kids do it. Look, our kids do it in a very, I'd be like to my daughter, I'm like, Dylan, please stop looking at these people. Like you have to say something. It's getting weird. Okay. It's getting weird. Gazing to stare intently for no particular amount of time to just look. Mm-hmm. Psychotherapists and, and psychologists say that when couples are in like a rage of an argument, one of the activities that they do to reconnect them to each other is just to stop the argument, no explanation, nothing going on, and to ask them to look at each other for five minutes. Because what happens is quite literally your right brain starts to recognize the humanity in another person's mm. eyes. And it starts to trigger your left brain, your logical brain. And it just breaks it down. <laughs> you stop crazy. thinking and you start feeling. And that is what David's asking. And that's what we get to do, to just gaze, to stop thinking yeah. and start feeling the presence of God. Come on. And he'll do the rest. Come on. Somebody to gaze. Oh. Come on. I love that it's David too, because David has a crazy story. <laughs> And we won't even go into that, but he crazy. He crazy. <laughs> he crazy. He's a murderer. Okay. He's a murderer <laughs> and a bunch of other things. But wow. he's like this one thing. This one thing is just to gaze. Place. To gaze. The only thing that matters is to gaze. And oh. it's easy. Whether you scrolling, watching, whatever you watching, like it's easy to just watching? lose, lose your focus and lose your gaze. Mm. And it's like amongst the mess and amongst a crazy chaotic world, which I'm also PS. It's not all crazy and chaotic. Surprise. Um, su- surprise. Newsflash. Um, there's the gospel is still going out. It is the one word that will continue to spread with or without you. It oh. is. It spreads worse than the Delta variant. It spreads. Hey, oh it spreads and it's contagious and it's alive. Please don't ever quote me on that. I have to do it. That was bad, but hey, here I am. So uh, it's oh, the good news. My goodness. I know. I know. When you <laughs> said that one took me, I didn't have any words. <laughs> In a bad way, you were like, "Oh, you want to I have no words? I had no words just now. It spreads worse than the Delta V." <laughs> That's bad. I was like, as soon as I said it, I was like, I oh, don't know. I kind of feel like I just had a shame moment. I, I'm not even mad at you, man. I, but, just, well, that's right. I just wasn't so, expecting. <laughs> I threw myself off. Yeah. What were we talking about, yeah. y'all? Gaze. I don't so, even know. I'm sorry. Gaze. But you got gaze as it spreads, okay? Yeah. Shoot, I it. <laughs> Help us. Okay, I do have another thing. I think I would love to offer up a practical thing. Do it. I love Hopefully practical. It's good. Hopefully it's good. Um, 
time with God is hard. But let's just, can we just put that on there? And sometimes it can get real weird real fast because let me tell you, I'm on like the Bible app and a dang notification to come up from Instagram. Next thing you know, I'm on Kim Kardashian page. Okay, hey! I, I'm in the middle of a scripture and I am on Rihanna's page, you know? Yeah. And I'm on that explore page and it is it is a not holy. It's not a holy place, okay? <laughs> and um, so it's hard. And one of the things that we teach in our women's course is this idea that, it doesn't have to be hard, but time with God is sexy, but you need a strategy, right? Like it's so sexy to say, oh, I was journaling this morning and taking your little cutie picture of your little notes and you didn't wrote your calligraphy and all the things. It's sexy, um, but it needs, <laughs> it needs strategy. And so one of the strategies that we offer up um, is something called 741. And it's seven minutes, four days, one day of reflection. And what we teach women is, you know, how about you just start with seven minutes for four days with one day of reflection. And within those seven minutes, we just invite them to do this. Number one, check in with yourself. If you don't know where you are emotionally, um, you don't know where God dwells in you. And because you just don't know, like you don't know where he fits in the picture because you haven't checked in with yourself. And so we tell women like, Take a moment, like just to check in, like, God, I'm feeling this today and start naming your feelings. When you name it, you can heal from it. You can invite God into that space. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, you can write that out. You can speak it, whatever floats your boat. Um, and then we also invite people to, to think about maybe some moments from the previous day that they got triggered, that something rubbed them the wrong way um, and invite God to reveal that to you. Then we invite women to, in those seven minutes, um, to repent, now we live a life of sanctification as we were talking about sin earlier we gonna sin it just is what it is like it just is what it is we're gonna have a feeling and oftentimes because i'm a three on the enneagram i ain't got nothing to repent for i'm like well i'm perfect so i'm not sure what you're talking about i'm crushing it every day um and so instead i ask god you know can you reveal to me some parts of me that i need to work on that i need to focus in on because i know i'm crazy and i also think that i get it right every time so Reveal it to me. And he will. And then we I, we just take time to, to reverence God, to just say, gosh, I'm so thankful for you. I'm, I'm grateful that you created the earth and the moon and the stars and little old me. And what I love to do in those moments um, is to focus on the word I. Um, oftentimes, because of my story, I don't feel worthy enough for God to just gaze at just me. It usually is like a whole crowd. So when I pray, oftentimes I find myself using the word we. God, we're so grateful for you. Look at what you've done for all of us and da 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 because I don't sometimes feel worthy for God to be so personal. And so I practice saying, God, I am grateful for you. I am grateful that you're the king of my heart, that you're making me over every single day. And then I ask God, intimate questions in these seven minutes. God, what do you think of me? And it's hard, okay, to just put yourself out there to an unseen God, but he's the lover of our souls. And he wants to say really kind and sweet things to us. And oftentimes when we really start to get into this pattern, we start to recognize and understand the voice of God and the impressions that he's placing on our hearts. And he'll begin to say some things to us that's kind of weird, you know, like, gosh, you're, you're, you know, more beautiful than the sunrise. It's like, what, what you talking about? And you're like, did I just make that up about myself? Like what the freak is going on right now? You know what I'm saying? But you're not, it's just, it's your father and he's pursuing you in intimate ways because he, he wants to, and that's what he does. And so we start writing those things down. We do that seven minutes for four days. And then on the last day, we just look at it all. What has God said to you over this week? 
What have you felt over this past week, over these past four days? What has triggered you that you maybe need to look out for to place some boundaries around? Um, and I just want to give that that practical, you know, truth and strategy and way because quiet time with God is hard. It's so hard. Yeah. But it's it can be really, really sacred and beautiful and it can get you through some tough stuff. And that's just kind of what I call living a life on the offense and not the defense. No, it's so yeah. No, I think I think that um uh Jesus is as much in the practical as he is in the spiritual. And because he yeah. does, he's giving practicals all the time. I mean, his parables all are time. like, what? But hey, you know, do this, um, do that, don't do this. Hold a little thing, plant it in the ground. <laughs> right? You know, you're like, <laughs> like so that's what I do. Um scratch his head. Got it, thanks. <laughs> Well, this is, I would talk to you for five hours, but I'm going to ask you to, to pray for us. She's like, I'm here on this crazy Wednesday. I'm here. Doing my thing. Doing my thing. Right, yeah. Was, yeah. <sighs> um, Holy Trinity, we just, we acknowledge you um, in all your glory. Um, as the creator of the universe, as the one who hovers over the chaos and as the big brother that sacrificed his life for us. Um, we just acknowledge you and invite you into this space. You are so good. And for us to be speaking right now and listening right now, that means that we inherited the gift of life in this moment. And it is a gift with everything going on in our world from civil unrest to refugee crisis to global pandemic and on and on and on and on and on. Our very lives and the breath in our lungs a gift and it's a miracle. And we just want to say thank you so much. God, we we just ask you to do a few things today, very specific things. We we pray for the church. Um, and by that we mean the little seed church, which is the people of God. We pray for the people of God that get to stand in the trenches and do ministry and teach people about Jesus. We pray that that we would all just point to you, share our stories of brokenness and just point to you that we would make you the one that we idolize and not the four walls or the pews or the chairs or the lights and the stage. God, we pray for our gaze. God, we know it's, it's so distracting life. Life is just so distracting in itself. God, but we, we pray for, for clear vision and we pray for those sweet nudges that remind us that you are gazing at us, that remind us to meet that gaze, that we pray for a holy pursuit on the inside of your people, that we would not walk to our places of surrender, that we would run to them, God, that we would spend intimate time with you so that we can be more equipped to lead your people and just to love you be good people. God, give us holy pursuit. I pray for a wave of holy pursuit. And God, I just, I pray over Shay. I pray over this podcast. I pray that it, it will reach the people that it's supposed to reach from the hundreds to the thousands and that they would just meet you here. You lover of our souls. We love you. That's in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Hey man, girl, I was over here like, I'm getting mine. Let's go. Get my give it. I receive I'm going to get mine. I'm over here receiving. Okay, receive. so, <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I'm crazy too. Um, 
<laughs> I'm good crazy, but I'm crazy yeah. nonetheless. Uh, I'm redeemed crazy. Um, but I want to ask you this question. <laughs> I'm ready. I want to ask you this question. I ask every person. Uh, um, but if you could have three people Love living it. or dead, passed away, graduated, whatever you want to call it, um, at a table, um, who would they be outside of the Trinity? Because we'll just say they're already there. Because yep. obviously we were like, well, hello, I would love all of them. Get my table. Lots of questions. Okay. Uh, but yeah, who would they be and why? All right. I'm going Oprah. Okay. Yes. I need to ask this some questions. You get a I book. Need to ask you this get a some book. Questions. You get a book. You get a gift. You, you get a book. Okay. Um, and I, I think specifically I would have Oprah there because I I just appreciate how she's stewarded what she's been gifted um, for a long time. Leader, leaders do not last a long time. Ooh. That's a special gift. And yeah. so I'm just like, sis, how did you have you stayed standing? Please help me, let me know. I would also invite my grandmother, uh, my mom's mom. Um, she passed away when I was six or seven, um, but she had such a strong prophetic gift. And, oh, and I just there's something about revisiting the people and the lineage that birthed you. Um, and there are traits that I just think I really do have from her that I just didn't get to learn from her. Um, and so I just would love to just ask her questions about the prophetic and how the Lord was leading her. And I've got all these journals from her wow. with these prophetic words that my mom gave me. And I just, I want to unpack them with her. I'm like, teach my girl. Let me, let me know. Um, and then I think Mr. Rogers as well. Okay, Mr. Um, Rogers for the yes, win. For the win. Um, he he innovated for a very pure reason. I don't if you don't know the story, you need to go read the story. He innovated for the preservation of the childlike awe and wonder. And if I remember correctly, um, our ticket into heaven is through a childlike faith. And I I want. I want to talk with him about preserving awe and wonder in my life. I want to have fun. I want to be childlike. And uh, I think Mr. Rogers probably could teach me a few things about it. I mean, I feel yeah. like he would be a solid, solid pick for that. Pulls out those puppets and he's like, let's go. Catch <laughs> wearing his outfit to the, to the dinner. Hey, we twins. I got me a red sweater too. too. Like these dickies. Oh my gosh, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. That's, That's so my awesome. People. I love it. Those are awesome. And I loved hearing about your grandma. That's amazing. That's so yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. And then you have the journals and stuff. I'm like, okay, sis. No. Time to dig up in those. I'm about to dig up in hey, them. Okay. I need to know. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm not like giving my grandkids my journals. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> they ain't getting I- Mine getting burned, like from back then. I'm like, they need to burn. I already burned one. I already burnt. No, two. I burnt two of them suckers already. I'm like, and lift them up to the spirit. Thank you so much for all that you've done. Yeah. Boom. You're like, all right. It's a little fire. Fire. It's a fire. Why do I smell gasoline? It's okay. It's a prophetic act. Okay. We're having a bonfire tonight. Get excited. Get the s'mores out. I love it. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I say us, oh, me, no. technically, whatever. And all my but, friends. Um, 
Yeah. And all the friends that are listening, everybody go find her on social media. I'll put the link up and everything. And yeah, y'all like she's, she's getting it. She's going for it (laughs) and we need to be here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here here. on zoom. Let's go. All right. Y'all have a good, (laughs) y'all have a good day wherever you are. (laughs) 